This is Aspiring Altruists, the show where you'll hear the stories of young professionals in the nonprofit sector working to change the world. We'll dive into their backgrounds, hear about the work they do, and ultimately learn how they got to where they are and how you can do the same. With the nonprofit sector comprising one of the largest U.S. workforces by tackling the world's biggest problems across nine major categories, you may just hear something that could change your life, and through it, the lives of countless others. Hello, aspiring altruist listeners. This episode is a truly special one because I'm turning the tables as the feature guest is myself. The reason for that and why this episode is an extra special one is because it is also the last episode. So I'm going to share a bit about my story. I'll share about my early career journey, what led me to start this podcast over three years ago, what I hope to accomplish in my career, and my final piece of advice for all my listeners out there. With that, one more time, let's dive right in. Hello, listeners. My name is Jordan, and I am a longtime friend of Adam's and a longtime listener of this podcast. I also happen to be a fellow DC resident. Those of you who have been listening for a while know that for the past several years, Adam has introduced us to many fascinating people doing incredible work in the nonprofit world. Adam, now you're in the hot seat. So why don't you start by telling everyone a bit about your early career background and what you're doing now? Thanks, Jordan. Yeah, so my early career background here, I've been out out of school here in the in the working world for about a decade now. And in undergrad, I studied at the business school at University of Maryland, studied supply chain management and marketing and thought I'd do something along those lines. And actually, my first job out of college was in supply chain and worked for a couple of years for a produce distribution company where I was a buyer. I was responsible for sourcing in large quantities the produce that we turned around and distributed back out. But I remember early on with that, probably about after a year being in it, that I had this feeling of wondering what what did it all matter like if i did a better job a worse job someone in finance would see that i saved a certain amount of case the produce would keep flowing and all of that but it didn't feel like i was much more than a cog in the machine of the company as well as the overall economy and just keeping things moving so while it was an important thing in regards to playing a role and having the food that we all expect to have when we go to restaurants or grocery stores, it to me didn't really feel like I was making much of an impact beyond that and doing much more than just earning a paycheck. And so with that, I switched over to the nonprofit sector where I worked for a small nonprofit for what ended up being almost six years and joined as kind of an admin role. And by the end of it, I was wearing several hats from operations to finance to still admin to events, membership, all different kinds of things. And I learned a lot from that. And it was a organization that had about 10 people throughout my time there. So definitely a small organization. But as the years went by, I realized that I wanted to be involved in something larger and to kind of focus the area that I was in on the environmental field, specifically climate change. And so that's why back uh, middle of last year, I switched over to working where I'm at now at NRDC Action Fund, the Natural Resource Defense Council. And with that, I am involved in basically climate change advocacy, trying to, in my 
part of the organization, the Action Fund, get pro-climate candidates elected so that we can get climate legislation such as last year's the Inflation Reduction Act passed so that we can take giant steps towards solving from what we can here in the U.S., the climate crisis, and work to provide a future for ourselves as well as generations to come. And so I'm, yeah, doing various different roles within my role. That's a mix of being kind of an executive assistant for our executive director, as well as being a project manager for our board meetings. And that's what I'm doing at the moment, looking to shift a bit towards advocacy specifically as as the months go on here and looking towards with the year ahead, seeing what I can do in that regard. But that's where I'm at now. Yeah, thanks for giving us the complete picture. Already a pretty illustrious career. You touched on this a little bit, and it's certainly a theme we've seen on this podcast, but there's a job with a mission here. So could you go into a little bit more depth in what led you to the nonprofit sector and and specifically working on environmental and client change issues? Yeah, so for me... It's a mix of things. One that I mentioned was that I wanted a job with a mission. I realized that the nonprofit sector was a place that, of course, they could earn a paycheck and have a career. As many thousands of people do, nonprofit sector as a whole is one of the largest parts of the U.S. economy. Uh, so there's a lot of careers there, but it's also a place where I know that the organization I'm working for, at the end of the day, it's bottom line is focused on some kind of mission rather than having something like a mission statement or some CSR, like corporate social responsibility, where that might be a part of what they do, but the bottom line is profit-driven. And so that is what led me to that, kind of having the mission. And specifically for me, it's my faith background. Being a Christian myself, I really feel like I'm called to use the best that God has given me and kind of used the most of my time towards working towards a mission. I see these various different problems in the world in all different kinds of areas. And I feel like I've been led to the environmental and climate change space, not really because I am a tree hugger necessarily or anything like that, but that's why I kind of focus on climate change because I look at the world that we're in today and I kind of looked at issues to be working on and have realized that climate change dwarfs all of the rest of them in the sense that all of the other issues that are out there from poverty to hunger to homelessness, all these you know, different international development, everything that other areas of the nonprofit sector work on are all already being impacted by and will be impacted by in our lifetimes and beyond by climate change and made worse. And so climate change is really the thing that you know everything we're doing is here on earth. We all live here on earth and we need a earth that we can all live on uh, for, again, for us and, and generations ahead. So that's what's led me to focusing on that, at least at this point in my career. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that as someone who also works for a nonprofit technically and someone who shares your faith, it it's so clear to see that the mission can be its own reward in, in this line of work. Definitely. Some listeners may not know this, but you're earning your master's in public administration currently at George Mason. So what led you to pursue that? Yeah, for me, it's a mix of different factors of one. I'm still early in my career and early in my adulthood to the point where I still have the 
time that I feel like I won't have hopefully in years ahead as I look towards the family and things of that nature. So taking advantage of my where I'm at in life at the moment, as well as now that I know that I am fully committed to the nonprofit sector, I want to be further educated in that and building off of what was my business school degree in undergrad. Now I'm looking towards specifically the MPA, the public administration, rather than what's often more commonly known, the MBA, Master of Business Administration, because I'm committed to that public mission focused and MPAs are often either in government or nonprofit. But yeah, having again, that that mission focus is what's led me to that. And so some of the classes I've taken have been on things such as advocacy and lobbying or or climate, I took an international climate course as part of my as part of my master's here. And so yeah, just being able to be a leader, somebody that has more expertise in the field that I'm in now and being able to make more of an impact since that's what I'm committed to. Very cool. I, I can certainly see how you'd use that as a launching pad to um, stay in this line of work, but um, with with more educational background and, and the masters you'd be bringing in, uh, just adding a new perspective and a, and a new level of expertise to the field. What led you to starting this podcast three years ago? I mean, this is a crazy undertaking uh, that you've had that uh, started in 2020, and uh, it's been really impressive to see you stick with it. You know, others picked up their quarantine hobbies and they've fallen off in the last couple of years, but you've kept this going all this time. So what led you to start it and what were you hoping to accomplish with it? Sure. Well, for me, it's kind of, as you mentioned, it started as an idea that I had back in the early days of quarantine when people were focusing on various different things and kind of what what could they do? Their, their sourdoughs or learning dance moves or whatever different things people were working on <laughs> during their during their times and uh, more isolation. Yeah, it was I, puzzles for me, puzzles. Yeah, I mean, the various, all the different things, all the different creative outlets, people were looking for something. And for me, I have always had an interest in audio production. I took a, a TV and video production course back in high school and competed as a part of that in an audio production contest. And so I've always been interested in that. And podcasting is something that has dramatically grown over the last several years. I mean, every kind of organization, different places out there has a podcast these days, although it's fallen off a little bit. Uh, in recent years, as there's been kind of saturation of the market, but podcasting is still a well-known thing and a way to get the word out there about an area that you were looking to speak on. And so for me, I realized that not only in the same way I'm doing climate change advocacy and trying to advocate for more attention, more efforts, all that put towards climate change, I wanted to become an advocate for the nonprofit sector as a whole, because being in the business school at Maryland, the nonprofit sector wasn't really talked about. It was just corporate America. You had companies like Pepsi and the different the Deloitte's, you know, the consulting, all those kinds of firms, the accounting firms, they came and presented and you were just supposed to be launched into the corporate ladder uh, and all the, all the big companies, but the nonprofit sector wasn't really talked about. So my goal with this podcast was to be sharing a mix of both the stories of fellow young adults 
working in the sector as well as to expose the audience just to all the different types of missions as well as types of roles that are in the nonprofit sector. And as I've said, it's it's a place where you can really build a career. It's not somewhere where if you go and work for nonprofit, you're really just volunteering or you're going to earn a salary that you need a second job or, oh, the only kinds of roles that are available are really fundraising roles or something like that, or either administrative or fundraising, those kinds of things. They, uh, the, this podcast has really shown just all the different kinds of ways you can apply all the different kinds of skills that you might normally apply in the corporate sector or in other areas to an organized place that is a nonprofit focused on accomplishing a mission with other like-minded people that are looking to do the same. Uh, so that's what I led me to start it and what I've aimed to accomplish uh, through it here. I think the nice thing about having this podcast for all to hear is uh, you know, even as this series of aspiring altruists comes to a close, this information will still be relevant for the rest of our lifetimes and will be available to listeners for the rest of our lifetimes, most likely. And uh, so the fact that you've been able to make this available to, to anybody that needs to hear this, that is thinking about the nonprofit sector or uh, is curious about it. Um, or maybe has some some friends or family in it and they just want to know more about it or how to get involved or what led people into this line of work. It, it's a it's an excellent, excellent resource that you've created. So turning the page a little bit to uh, back to your career um, in the nonprofit world and and in the climate change and, and environmental uh, world, what do you ultimately hope to accomplish? through the work that you're doing now and, and in your career? Yeah, I mean, for me, through the work that I'm doing now, I hope to really be able to continue to advocate for change in bigger and bolder ways. I mean, anybody that knows me knows that a true inspiration for me and true role model for me, somebody that that gets me fired up and has gotten me in part into the nonprofit sector is uh, Bernie Sanders. And one of the things I've always admired about him is that you go back to the times that he was mayor in Burlington, Vermont, back in the 80s to now, where he's become much more known of a public figure thanks to his presidential campaigns and the fact that he was runner-up in back-to-back -back campaigns uh, is, has been that he has always stuck with the same messaging. He's never been a politician for the sake of getting elected and all that. He's been a politician trying to fight for the same causes that are making a real difference in the lives of a lot of Americans in, in broad ranges of things. He's never been one to cater to the rich and the whims of the lobbyists or anything like that. He's the longest serving independent sec senator uh, in U.S. history because he doesn't necessarily tie himself to one party or another, although he often caucuses with the Democrats. But in that, just that's that's the kind of thing that I hope to accomplish through the work that I'm doing. Not maybe not necessarily politics. I don't I don't think I could see myself being a senator like him, but just hoping to accomplish this lasting legacy of getting people to realize that change is possible, that the grassroots advocacy and action, getting a lot of people to just fight for something that is needed in terms of change 
is possible that you don't need to have the money of billionaires in order to do it. You know, he, he ran his campaigns entirely off of grassroots, small root, small donations. Um, and so I'm hoping to accomplish the encouraging others to get involved in whatever cause area that they care about. Uh, I'm hoping to get people to, as a whole, really push for climate change, um, activity if we call it damage policy beyond what even we saw last year uh just you know we we had a massive the largest investment ever in the climate with the ira that passed last year the inflation reduction act but bernie wanted to go a lot bigger and we know that there's going to be more needed through it um, but it's really going to take people the power of people the power of just the public groundswell to get change to happen and it's starting to become more the narrative but I hope to be a part of pushing it faster, pushing it bolder, because in this area, especially it's one that the impacts of climate change will only become worse the longer we wait and the longer we don't do something and don't do enough. And by the time my fear is, and a lot of others, the time we get enough people to be pushing for the change it's going to be too late in the sense of it's going to be once the impacts are already being felt in much more dramatic ways than they already are now. I mean, we're wrapping up 2023, which was the hottest year on record. And that was the hottest year last year and the year before that. And we're, we're having, we're having these new hottest years on records in consecutive years. And it's only going to be more dramatic in terms of the weather and all the other impacts that will be felt. Uh, and so I'm, I'm hoping to accomplish us, saving ourselves from ourselves before uh, we're just trying to mitigate and prevent damage uh, that is too late to stop um, and try and try and reverse. Um, so ultimately, hopefully to accomplish uh, advancing work in regards to climate change, advancing work in regards to a lot of different progressive cause areas. Um, and yeah, see what I can do as a part of Kind of as kind of as Bernie says, in a not me but us manner, where I am working together with others, pushing to accomplish the same thing. Where the focus is not on me and I am the greatest, but that I am a part of a team that we are the greatest, and that because that's what leads to real change. I I definitely hear the the urgency in your voice in this matter, and mm. and it's it's very clear that uh, this is a cause you truly believe in, and it's contagious. As long as I've known you, I've known that Bernie Sanders is an influence uh, in your life. Are, are there any other names that that um, really pop out in your mind? Maybe a friend or even a coworker, someone you work with more day to day who you admire, look up to, or you think is doing really good work in this area? Maybe anybody worth mentioning. That's a bit more of a of a challenging one in terms of work. I mean, I'm at a great organization where we're doing a lot in a lot of different areas. We were a key part of making the Inflation Reduction Act passed last year. Just recently, we were a key player in, in pushing the Biden administration to announce a new rule and announce a bunch more funding towards phasing out lead piping across the U.S. because there's a lot of areas in the U.S. that still people's water pipes are still lead, and that leads to <laughs> a lot of people being poisoned by lead pipes because lead is, as everybody hopefully knows, not a healthy thing to have your water supply flowing through. Um, 
And so, yeah, it's, it's hard to say any specific. My only other one in terms of name is someone that is just about my age and is also in, in the kind of fighting in a, in a role model kind of manner of a came from nothing and now is well known, which is uh, AOC Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and what she's doing in the house. And she's a millennial like us. And so seeing her ability, knowing that she's the next generation as, you know, as much as I love Bernie, he's also in his eighties. And so <laughs> he, uh, he's, his time is much more limited. He's made an impact, but he's, he's setting things up for the next generation. And so she's somebody in terms of others that I, I follow and look to as somebody that is not there to play along with everybody else and necessarily make nice, like doing, doing what you have to do as far as that politics and all that is something that requires coalition and requires others to buy in, but doing so in a manner that's not compromising, that is not looking to see where your big donations are coming from and, and bending to those wills, anything like that. Um, so so similar in terms of her story coming from a bartender to a, a world-known politician mm -hmm. is an inspiring story as well. Yeah, shout out to AOC. Hey, if you're listening, uh, reach out to Adam. I think you guys <laughs> could accomplish some great things together. If there's one thing about your life, Adam, maybe it's work or a completely different area that you could share with your fellow young adult audience, what would that be? Yeah, I know this is the question that I asked all of my different guests, at least for this season. And it's one that as I was getting to a close here, I was thinking about, I mean, my my one thing I want to share, which has been true for me, has guided me through through this podcast here, through my master's, through building the the Frisbee group that I have outside of it, through all the different things that I continue to do, is just that. Uh, to keep going, like never, never give up. Don't compromise on your, on your values. Don't compromise on what you believe in for the sake of, uh, fitting in for the sake of trying to be what somebody else wants. You know, I, I hear stories of other people talking about how they, um, put on a mask or kind of don't know who they are because they're just doing what they have to do to try and be popular, try and fit in and, my challenge in what I do and in being in the advocacy world, uh, similar to, again, my role model, Bernie Sanders, is that I'm not always going to be the most popular. I'm not always going to be the the one that's that's the biggest life of the party necessarily. Um, but, yeah, just, yeah, my, my, my advice in that is just, yeah, don't, don't give up because it can turn into amazing things. I mean, your, your ideas can turn, turn into a podcast like I've built here, your ideas can turn into uh, the Frisbee community that I've built of, of over a thousand people that's set so many lives and it can, it can lead to uh, much bigger things either in the nonprofit sector and playing a role there or leading to policy or other changes that can, that can lead to changing the world. So just keep using energy, have that don't quit mindset. Even when you're tired, just stare that tiredness in the face and say, I choose to keep going. I'm not going to let that hold me down and, and keep going. Uh, even, even when others might not be following along, keep, keep fighting and, and hopefully they eventually will. And make sure it's renewable energy. Okay. <laughs> that was a bad environmental joke. Uh, but I think it's great advice and um, something all of us constantly need to be reminded of. So thank you for sharing that. 
for those of you keeping track at home, this is episode 40. I mean, 40 episodes is an incredible accomplishment. That's several, several hours of great content and incredible people that you've had the privilege to speak with over the last few years. How can people continue to connect with you and learn more about uh, all the things you've talked about and the the other guests you've had on the show in the last 39 episodes now that the show is ending? Yeah, I'd say really the best way to keep in contact for me out there would be, as, as many of my other guests have said, on LinkedIn. That is somewhere that I have learned through my early career to be active regularly on. If you see me, you all can see that I am connected there with just about all of the guests. That's how I found most of my guests throughout the podcast history here was searching on LinkedIn for an organization that I wanted to find someone from and hold reaching out often either via LinkedIn or trying to find the email address for the organization and reaching out that way and then connecting with them on LinkedIn afterwards. So definitely reach out to me there. And uh, if you want to connect with me or connect with any of the guests that you see I'm connected to because of the podcast, uh, I've got I've got good connections with all of them now, thanks to having had them here on the show. So there's so many opportunities to connect with a lot of people, whether you're looking for a connection to get into an organization or advice from any of them or myself. Uh, LinkedIn's a powerful tool and definitely something that the young adult audience should build now so that they have uh, when they need it in the years ahead. Cool. Thank you for sharing that. Adam, that's all that I have for you. Thank you for having me on and thank you for all that you've done through this podcast. It really is something that you can be proud of. Do you have any final words for the listeners? Yeah, I'll just say thanks to you, Jordan, for turning the tables on me a bit here and interviewing me as I was coming to this last episode in recent months. I was trying to think of what it was that I could do for my final show. Like, should I have several guests in a panel or something like that. And then I was like, oh, wait, I am a young adult working in the nonprofit sector. Why don't I tell my story since I've you know, asked and, and we've heard about so many others. So I felt like it would be the capper here to uh, close it up with, with mine. So yeah, thanks for interviewing me for this final episode. And of course, to all the listeners for taking the time as always to tune in and hear my story. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to what is the final episode of Aspiring Altruists. Hopefully this time you learned something new from my story and had fun listening as the interviewer became the interviewee. And thanks to all you listeners out there who have ever checked out the show, whether this is your first episode or if you've been with me from the beginning. I started this podcast with a vision of encouraging fellow young adults that are trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives to explore the nonprofit sector doing so through sharing the stories of those currently working in one of the wide variety of roles in one of the countless nonprofits out there. I truly believe that the way to overcome the drag of just working to earn a paycheck and not really liking your career is to work for an organization whose primary objective is mission-driven instead of financial, making sure that it's a mission you care about. And of course, feel free to contact me or any of the other guests that have ever been on the show if you'd like to learn more. But with that, for one last time, I'm signing off. I encourage you to take a look back through the episodes to find someone's story that may resonate with you. Because remember, what you discover may just change your life and the lives of countless others. See ya!